We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, a little bit earlier show today. 4 p.m. Central Time on Sunday uh, is currently the third quarter of the Dallas versus Los Angeles Clippers game. So even though when people listen to the podcast version of this, uh, that game will already be completed. I'm sure Taylor and I will have some reactions on this podcast as we go through. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I've got Taylor Peterson along with me today. How's it going? I am. I am doing well. I am Jacob and I'm your host for the day. Um, our other three co-hosts, Kamiar Moravian, uh, recently wed and now on his honeymoon. honeymoon. Nick Crane, uh, prepping to go to Costa Rica. Justin Peabody, without internet <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. Got His house got fried by Apparently lightning. so. It's crazy. So it is the two-man game, the pick and roll the pick and pop with Taylor and Jacob today. Luca and THJ. I hey, the I'm comparisons ready for it, go on. I, we're not going to say who's Luca and who's THJ, THJ though. Here. That's we're, fair. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that up to the listeners' imaginations. 
Uh, Taylor, a lot has happened in the NBA since we last recorded. LeBron is out of the first round for the first time in his NBA life. Um, We have uh, Philly down 1-0 in their series. James Harden, questionable for the rest of the series. Lots that of stuff. That was crazy too, yep. Lots of stuff going on. Yep. But let's start off with some Thunder talk, Taylor. Obviously not a lot going on, on in Thunderland right now as we anxiously await the June 22nd NBA draft lottery. That's going to be the pivotal thing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how what we're seeing currently in the playoffs affects the trajectory and the team building aspect of the Oklahoma city thunder. So we've watched uh, and and are currently watching the very last game of round one of the NBA playoffs this year. So Taylor, I want to ask you, has anything from the playoffs changed your thoughts on how the thunder should roster build and how they should flush out the rest of the team? That's a really good question. And I like this, this exercise a lot. Um, I, I wish I probably had more time to go back through it all and actually like, you know, do like an ESPN Brian Windhorst podcast where, you know, Bon Temps is going in like deep diving and pulling all these stats from each series. Um, but without doing that, just from the games I've gotten to watch and observe, um, there obviously are a lot of things that have stood out to me that I, uh, that we'll kind of get into in terms of themes and player types. But in the sense of your first question, you know, like you said, have the playoffs changed your thoughts at all on how OKC, OKC should roster build moving forward? Not necessarily, but only because I think St. Presti is on the right track. And what I mean by that is um, the, the kind of players, the positionless basketball uh, that he is kind of wanting, the, the roster he's wanting to construct, but also the kind of basketball I think that him and Dagnall are wanting the Thunder to play moving forward, uh, I think is really important and something that I think uh, <laughs> could really work well for um, a team in the playoffs against, you know, somebody competing against some of these teams that we've seen so far. Uh, For example, I think of a team like the New York Knicks who had some creators. Um, Unfortunately, the the creator really was Derek Rose, but we saw what Julius Randle was able to do the entire season, but he wasn't really able to do that in the playoffs when he was being um, defended the way that the Hawks were defending him because he didn't have shooters um, and, and, got knocked down shots from, from outside to open up the forum. So in a case like the Thunder, where you have Shea, who is, um, not, don't get me wrong, we've talked about his step back three, his unassisted three-point numbers here over a recent podcast. But uh, as a player who thrives in the paint as much as he d- does and finishing around the rim, um, having guys like the Pokus and the Dorts, if he can keep it up, um, you know, the, the guys that, that Presley's trying to bring in around Shea to open up the floor for him, I think is really important. And I think the only other thing, well, and I'll say this for the next question, I guess, because that probably goes better with the next question. Um, but obviously, Presley's trying to get top talent as well at this mm-hmm. point, and not just bringing in random guys. Like he's not, he's not just looking for the Gabriel decks and um, guys overseas. He very much has his eyes set on the top of this upcoming draft. Definitely, I think for me, Taylor, the theme, and there, there's some exceptions to this rule for sure. Like Nikola Jokic is just kind of an exception to everything, right? But what we're seeing in the first round, uh, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Devin Booker, uh, the Trey, two Young. Wing, Trey Young, the two wings uh, for the Clippers. Um, Mainly Kawhi, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. That's not like a diss at PG as much as it is just how great Kawhi has been and uh-huh. how PG struggled. Uh, Luka, 
what all those guys have in common is they are ball dominant wing wing players who have the ball in their hand, who create for others, uh, and who can create shots for themselves. Exactly. That kind of kind of jack of all trades, do it all kind of guys. Um, but mainly, especially in the playoffs, like you said, they can create shots for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a huge aspect. You got to be able to break break down a defense. Yeah, this year in the playoffs. Um, I think the the Thunder have one of those guys and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, the the worry is, and maybe it's not a worry. Maybe that's the wrong word, but. I, I think a lot of NBA fans see what Luca's doing, see what Trey's doing, see what Devin's doing, see what Mitchell's doing, and say, "Oh, uh, those guys have have made a leap, and Shea hasn't, and it's just Shea's missing the opportunity in the playoffs." Um, but like you mentioned just a second ago, Taylor, Shea is a downhill, get in the paint, live in the paint kind of player um, who's going to need like shooters and stuff around him. I don't know. It just it makes me specifically like look at this upcoming draft and if the thunder do land one of those top five picks. Um, I haven't been traditionally high on Jalen green in the draft. Yes. What I'm seeing in the playoffs starts to change my mind a little bit. You know, a guy that just can absolutely elite athlete who can create his own shot. I see some Devin Booker in Jalen green. Um, the problem is I also see some Jamal Crawford and Jalen green, but guys like that, you know, and, and so that kind of starts to, to make me look at things a little bit differently, but I think the way the thunder roster is starting to flesh out, um, has some of those aspects that you want, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Taylor, but I see Ty Jerome, uh, a, like a little playing a little bit of the role that like campaign is currently playing for the Phoenix. Oh, Cities. That's great. Which is actually super ironic considering that Cameron Payne, not in the same trade, obviously, but Cameron Payne pe- uh, played for OKC there for a while, obviously went through his, his um, struggles and then ultimately has come out on the other end and really a huge contributor for the Suns team, but also obviously Ty Jerome started his career uh, in Phoenix and now is on the Thunder roster. I Again, maybe not in terms of style and play, but uh, in terms of role on the team, I think that's pretty spot on. I like that a lot. Speaking so, of a guy like needing guys who bucket getters in the playoffs, um, Ty Jerome one. And like you said, that's kind of what Cameron Payne has become, obviously playing the point guard, backup point guard role as well. But Ty Jerome can be that guy. Like we saw this season being able to pull up from basically wherever um, get you like a THJ kind of role. Like I kind of joked about at the beginning of the podcast. I'm with you on Ty Jerome. I, I like that a lot. And um, I'm really kind of curious to watch his development. Yeah. Not, not to get us too off track here, but I think Ty Jerome is like one of the players on this thunder roster that could be very impactful that we just don't talk about a lot. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. really talk about him. It, it's hard to measure what he did because he did it for a clearly tanking team. Right. Some again, somebody's got to score points, but the style of his game, his confidence, um, his ability to pass the ball, he just we we talked about it a lot. And the talent he was doing it against, right? Like the the opposing teams. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked about it a lot during the season. The kids just got sauce. Yep. Right. Like he just he feels himself every time he's on the court, and like Mm -hmm. that confidence. Go ask Terrence Ferguson. That confidence is everything, man. I low-key kind of think that that Ty Jerome is going to be a pretty important piece of this team 
and, and by important, I mean like sixth man, that, yeah, I was gonna bench say player, man. 18 minutes right. a night kind of guy. Right. And but like, you have to fill your roster from... with those kind of guys. And and yeah. that was part of the Chris Paul trade, you know. And, and if you're starting to fill the roster with those types of guys, then that's good news, you know? Right, right, right. So and I think I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, so so we've kind of talked about like what type of player you you need uh, as far as like building out your team for the playoffs. Uh, but what about some of the other players that we're seeing in the playoffs, like role players? What, what, what are you kind of seeing? I mean, we know the thunder need to get, um, you know, flesh out with just better talent, but what specifically do you think they need? Do they need like a pick and roll partner for Shea? Do they need a defensive minded big? Do they need uh, a replacement? Like what are you seeing in the playoffs right now from role players that you think are important for the thunder to kind of right. target during the rebuild? So that's, that's interesting. And that's, kind of tough for me right now because like I said, the way that Pressy is building this roster is very much um, positionless oriented in a sense um, in terms of role players, but you obviously need a, maybe a defense minded big isn't. Um, I mean, I like we've seen, you, you can throw smaller players onto some of these guys like um, Joel Embiid or Jokic and um, have some success. And like you said, like those guys don't, it, it's not like you can just say, okay, well, go get Evan Mobley and you have your Jokic slash your Embiid. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. So I understand that. But at the same time, that Thunder obviously do need some um, some size, <laughs> especially at the center position. We've talked about Moses Brown not being it. Um, I think what we've seen is something that's interesting to me. The positionless basketball obviously is a huge theme, like we keep talking about in the playoffs, but it's not so much. And, you know, that kind of started with the small ball, the small ball, five of the Warriors, um, many other teams, the, the Rockets. We don't really see that as much anymore. It's more so versatile bigs who can do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I think that's something that Presti is going to be targeting in the draft. I'm not saying if he has number two that he necessarily may draft Evan Mobley. But I think at some point in the draft, we're going to see him like, for example, I think it was um, Kevin O'Connor and the ringers latest mock draft that they did that he did had thunder, uh, the thunder taking a, a kind of an undeveloped untapped, um, but very athletic versatile, big from Kentucky. I'm going blank on his name. Isaiah Maybe Robinson, something like that. Isaiah yeah. something. Um, so I, I think that's it. all that to say. I think that's one area they certainly need to focus on. Isaiah the other Jackson. obviously is oh, Isaiah Jackson. Good call. Um, I, I do like their wings, but like you said, you need a wing scorer on this team at Poku seriously, like not even joking. He could eventually develop into that guy. Um, but even then like Poku is such a unicorn. <laughs> I, I really like the idea. Like, like you said, a player of like a Jalen green caliber, um, just a score, another score alongside Shea. Um, like I said, I think that's something that we've seen a lot of in these playoff series is guys who can go and get their own shots, um, guys who can just bucket getters. I think that's really important. Um, and we're, we're going to need another playmaker scorer alongside Shea. And I, I think that could do a lot for this I team think, moving forward. I think that's fair. Um, obviously the Thunder need to upgrade at, at a big man, right? right. Moses Brown ain't it. Right. Uh, God bless his soul. He ain't And it. even from a, like you said, playoff specific perspective, they need a big man. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the big men that are left in the playoffs, right? You have uh, a guy that I think has really started to flourish now in the playoffs and, and DeAndre Ayton. Um, you'd hope so. He's the number one overall pick, but I think Ayton's been incredible. These playoffs, uh, you have Rudy Gobert, you have Nikola Jokic, you have Joel Embiid, 
you have um, Clint Capella, you know, you have these kind of dominant big men. And, Collins, and I, basically, right? Yeah, you could call you, Collins you a need, big. I think, more of a versatile type of big man, like you mentioned. But then as far as the complementary players, I feel like, and and we're going to get into this in a second, but I feel like you need high IQ players, right? Mm, you need guys that point. it's not just go stand in the corner and when I pass it to you, you catch and shoot. You need guys that can make that extra pass, guys that can be a secondary creator, guys that can cut off ball, I think is very important. Um, we've seen that in a handful of these playoff games where, um, you know, a double comes to Devin Booker. He swings it to the open guy who takes one dribble and then makes the extra pass for the dunk. Um, you need high IQ players that that are willing to operate within a system and cut off ball and, and just understand the game. And Taylor, that leads to my next thing, which is, is Presti starting, uh, from what we've seen so far, is he starting to zig more towards skill, shooting, and fit over traditionally what we've seen from him and the idea of like athleticism and size. Yeah. So we've talked about this, not as directly as this, but we've mentioned it in the past on some of our previous podcasts. I'm kind of under the impression this is always the way that Presley kind of wanted to build a team. Um, these are always kind of the guys that Presley wants to target. Obviously, it's a little more extreme now just with the way that the um, the, the direction of the league is, it, is moving in. But when you had Russell Westbrook and it was cemented that you're going to be building around him, I think that's and Kevin Durant, right? Like he kind of had that versatile player and Kevin Durant alongside a guy like Russ, he wanted guys who could run the floor with those two um, who could defend um, any position <laughs> alongside those two. Right. Um, mm -hmm. well, that's why we saw the Dre's and the Ferguson's and even the Hamadou Diallo's. Um, I almost wonder if that was right. And again, Troy Weaver probably had some saying into that as well, but I like to think that that was a lot more. So building around that specific era of the thunder being Russ and some KD, compared to um, this, which I kind of think is the way that Presti maybe wanted to build a team, at least from scratch, all uh, all along. And a guy like Shea as your first core building block. And then, obviously, you have Lou as well. And some of the, uh, I don't want to say smaller building blocks, but compared to Shea, smaller building yeah. blocks, right? Um, I, I, I think this is kind of the, the perfect opportunity for him to begin to do so. But with all that being said, I do think he's taking it to a little more of an extreme um, just with the way that, the league is moving and he kind of sees this as the answer to what he's seeing from these other teams. Like we said, who are contending for a championship right now. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I don't think Presti wanted to build a wanted Isn't the right word. The cards he was dealt with Russ KD and then like hard Nabaka um, dictated where you go from there. Right. What type of players you go for at that point. Right. It, it's not like, he was like, oh, That's I want to build a team of only athletic wings who can't shoot and can defend, <laughs> right? But it was like, it's uh, this is going to be like a bad analogy. But it's like, in, in poker, you don't want like a 10 of hearts. But if you already have an ace of hearts and a king of hearts, now I kind of do want that 10 of hearts, right? The 10 of hearts right. isn't a great card, but with what I already have, that's the thing that makes the most sense, right? It, and so... This is a different team. It is a different puzzle. And so you need different pieces to go in it. Uh, and I think we're going to start seeing Presti target different types of piece. I think we already have the Poku pick, the Vic Kretschke pick, um, getting guys like uh, Ty Jerome, like we mentioned earlier. Um, 
things like that, you know, that those types of players are very not what Presti has gone for in the past. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh it's very interesting. So Taylor, to kind of put a bow on this conversation here, the Thunder are going to get these players that they need to make the playoff push and the players they need to succeed in playoff series in the draft. So coming up June 22nd, we have the NBA draft lottery. Which players from, you know, obviously that top five, but then even looking at just the the lottery itself, the top 14, which players do you see uh, that really add to this Thunder team to what they already have and can be those types of guys in a playoff series that can really do that for you? Yeah. And I, just really quick, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, if, when we're comparing that last era, the Thunder, Pressy had the building, like the core pieces first and then tried to build around the team. Where this time around, yes, you have Shea, but it's more so you kind of have some of these other pieces in place first. Now you're going after those building blocks. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're getting at here, right? Um, the first guy, obviously, just kind of going through the list uh, and sc- scrolling down um, through prospects ranked. I mean, obviously, Jalen Green is somebody that I've talked about on the podcast. You just mentioned him. I think you were spot on there. Um, just a super interesting prospect. I want to see... Uh, gosh dang it. So I sent you guys a scouting report that I found was great. And of course, when I pull it up here on Google Docs, it doesn't have this person's name. <laughs> I feel terrible. So what I will do is I will go back and I retweeted it earlier in the, in the week, um, but I'll quote tweet it and mention uh, this scouting report um, uh, after the, po- the podcast on Twitter. What's that? It's on Jalen Green. Yes, on Jalen Green. Uh, I thought it really, really good job. He's actually the same guy who did a scouting report about Poku that I, I read last year. Uh, actually, I think before... The Thunder were rumored to be um, like really linked to him. Anyways, all that to say, Jalen Green's a really interesting prospect just because of his, um, there's a lot of untapped potential there, but so much skill. Um, obviously a, a great scoring, um, he, he, he's, well, not really a wing, a shooting guard, um, 6'5", 165 pounds. I think he can play some small forward too, though. I, I understand he'd be a little undersized there, but I think he could do it. Obviously shooting guard is going to be primarily his um his uh, position, but uh, just a, kind of a microwave score. His, his jump shot, his form needs a little bit of work, but the fact that he's it, it, the fact that he's already shooting like he is, I think is it's really impressive. The other thing is just his explosiveness, just the fast twitch, twitch athleticism, yeah. blowing by defenders. Also, and you mentioned IQ, um, very high IQ, especially on the offensive end of the floor, because you're already seeing him doing things that remind me kind of like of Dre, right? That some of the things that he would do. Dre wasn't a great shooter, but he was able to space the floor out and and guard uh, or, or guard <laughs> bring in defenders because of his ability to cut off the ball. It's things like that that Jalen Green does that really impress me. Also, his his vision um, he he forces passes. He sometimes isn't quite able to get uh, the ball to his teammates, but overall um, he he has some really good IQ in, in that sense as well. Is able to find teammates and create for teammates. And just his footwork is just like I don't want to say Luca esque or Jay or James Harden esque, but he is able to create a lot of sep- separation there. Um, some other guys I, I've talked a lot about. Where is it? The kid from Australia, Giddy. Um, Josh Giddy. Yeah, I like Giddy a lot just because again versatility. He's not going to be your guy though. I think that you put along Shea and he's able to you know go also go for you know, 20 to 40 points a game. And I'm not sure he's the missing piece to get the thunder back into playoff, even championship contention. Like maybe at one of those top five guys is he's another guy that really um, interests me though, as well. And then I'll probably let you touch on this guy a little more because I know you and Nick have talked a lot about him. 
Um, but I'm with you both in terms of Scotty Barnes. Um, talk about a versatile player. I think you mentioned him or compared him to kind of like a Draymond Green type. Um, obviously, a little bit of a different build, but in terms of style of play, I like that a lot too, and would, would just fit so well with this this offense. And then obviously you, you have guys like Zyrie Williams, and um, who I think is kind of an untapped scorer, and Book Knight, who we've talked a lot about. I really yeah. like James Book Knight. I'm big kind of a Book Knight. Yeah. Book okay, Knight you has, picked him. Book Knight has some uh, has some jaw on him. I he does, he has, yeah, and He's he has kind of, like a I don't know. Uh, Crawford, you, you mentioned Crawford. I like that. Jamal Crawford. Um, I saw a Jordan Clarkson comp. Mm, that's uh, you, interesting. Obviously, ho- you hope he's got a little bit higher ceiling than that. But CJ um, McCollum. Um, oh, CJ is actually a pretty good comp too, but more athletic. A more athletic right, CJ. Right. Uh, he's uh, he's fun. You know, I, I think anybody in that top five, Scotty Barnes, I think is the ultimate role player uh, slash defender. A guy that you really like that can switch a lot. Um, so, so there's a lot of really interesting pieces um, that the Thunder could add in this draft. And, and I think they probably see it that way as well. And and so my prediction is that we're going to see a pretty aggressive Thunder team on draft night. I, I agree with that. Completely. Trying to trade up, trying to, to get their guys type of thing. Speaking of, after the draft lottery happens, uh, we are going to shift over uh, very heavily to draft prospect analysis. We have some really awesome guests lined up. Um, we have some <laughs> Taylor, we've made a whole damn spreadsheet of possible guests uh, <laughs> based off where the Thunders picks are on on people we could interview about different players and stuff. But I think this draft is a place where you can definitely get somebody that kind of fits what the Thunder need to do. And so uh, I am I'm excited to, I agree to see that. how that how that all pans out. Right. Also, when you guys were doing, it was either last week's or a couple weeks ago, you, Kamiar, and Justin did a recap of um, Presley's draft history. And one common theme I think we saw was Presley always being aggressive and trying to trade up if he could, or at least rumors of him trying to trade up. Um, so especially something I've been thinking about, like obviously, perfect case scenario, you get a um, one top five pick and then you get Houston's pick at number five. You have two mm-hmm. top five picks in this situation. Not even that, like trying to trade up. I think more so like if the Thunder land one of the top five picks, or even if, God forbid, they don't land a top five pick and they're like six and 18 or one top five pick and pick 18, I could totally see them packaging pick 18, which from the Miami Heat and um, packaging that with a future first or whatever it may be to try and move up back into like right after the lottery, that 14 to like mm, 13, 14 range. Mm-hmm. And targeting that that next piece um, after dra- drafting earlier on in the draft, definitely. And you know, we can all have favorites in that top five or top four, but really, at the end of the day, I think any of those guys fit oh, with yeah. what OKC wants to do. And so, there's, I don't know, it's just it's going to be a very important building part for the Thunder. Uh, they Presti said it a lot in his exit interview. You can't control where those picks land. You can only control what you do with with the outcome, right? And they're going to do their best. But I have a, I don't know. I have very high hopes for the draft, mm-hmm. Taylor. Very. High I agree. Hopes. I agree. Um, really, just ready for June twenty second to come here, lottery night, just to Dude. see where the Thunder are going to be. Same. So I, I'm not ready for the stress of that day, but I am ready f- to to know. I am ready yep. to have that information so we can move forward. Um, we have a couple of comments in, and questions in the chat, Taylor, if you want to run us through those real yep. quick before we, uh, 
talk some playoff basketball. So Matt Clarkson asked us, uh, Marcus Smart possibly on the market. Does Presty make an offer? Oh, that's interesting. I I tend to say no. Um, I think you have a guy that's already like Marcus Smart and Lou Dort. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of redundant with all the guards that they do have. Uh, I think the Thunder are more likely, and I don't think this is likely either, but I think they're more likely to get in on like taking on Kemba Walker for multiple picks rather than uh, try to get Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart is more of a fit for like Dallas. Dallas is a good one. Atlanta is a good one. Um, Portland is kind of a sneaky good one. Yep. So Definitely. I don't I don't see the the Thunder Toronto as a Marcus Smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think that's pretty spot on. Um, like like we talked about, it's kind of funny um, in the sense that Presley has a lot of these like. I don't want to say Marcus Smart type players, but role players in place already where what we need first before anything else is trying to get that next piece alongside Shea and the next building block from there. And once you see those guys develop and, um, you know, how, how well they're playing, you decide it's time to start trying to build a champ- championship contender. That's when you start going after not Marcus Smart type players, but like uh, role players of that caliber. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So silver, um, this is uh, not a question, but a statement that I think we can touch on. It's pretty interesting. Um, he mentions Pressy being a hot name for G for GM spots still. Yeah, um, I know that you know. There's a little bit of like, will Portland make a move? I think if Pressy didn't go to Boston, I don't see him going anywhere else. Agree uh, completely. We 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 touched on this. You you touched on this more than I did because uh, I just hopped locker off for room. a few minutes on on locker room on Wednesday night this past Wednesday night, um, this, the, the current state of the thunder. Yes. They're in a rebuild, but this is kind of like the ideal position a GM wants to be in. Expectations are low. Uh, you're armed to the teeth with assets and draft picks to get to really build the team in your vision. You have ownership that trusts you, uh, and doesn't tell you what to do and doesn't give you mandates. As far as we know, um, it's a really good position Whereas, so let's say Portland does fire their GM. What is attractive of going to Portland right now? <laughs> a completely capped out team that Obviously hasn't made not it out much of the first round except one year out of like Jason the past Kidd five. Just, uh, took himself out of consideration for the head coach. Exactly. Position. <laughs> you know, there's there is nothing attractive about like being the GM of Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you you're walking into a jail cell with your hands tied. So it's looking gross out my window. Speaking of of the thunder. Yeah, it was. Uh, it rained <laughs> down here just a little bit ago too. Ooh, might be coming my way. Uh, no, I think you're spot on there. Uh, I, again, I think it's very telling that Presty. I, I think the Celtics very much put fillers out again. If if Presty would have communicated through other channels that he would be potentially interested, even just a little bit of even just hearing the Celtics sales pitch, um, they would have made that phone call, but they never did because yeah. I think Presty very much said no. I mean, like you talked about so much, Jacob. I'm in the perfect position position in the situation here. In yeah, and you already did the hard work. You already traded all the, the, the this, bad this stuff. Part. You traded away right. everybody. This right. is the part where you get to – you tore down the sandcastle that somebody – or that you built and that wasn't a good sandcastle, and now you have a blank canvas and you get to do whatever you want with it, right? That's that's what you sign up for. Exactly, exactly. Um, so this isn't so much a question as much as I just wanted to shout this listener out, Arvin Soldad um, off of Facebook – I said, finally got to catch you guys live. Thunder up. So hey. appreciate you tuning in, Arvin. 
uh, I wonder time today. Uh, so we got yeah, Arvin hit in the chat part. if uh, if you are from outside the U.S. and that's why you're getting to watch us today because it's earlier in the day wherever you are. I'd, I'd be interested to know that. Very true. Also, got to shout out um, all the parents out there. He has a picture. His profile picture is of a baby, so he could just be putting babies on sleep. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, Silver also asks, center or big? Uh, it's kind of the same thing, right? But I think Silver was more commenting on whenever we were saying, what does the Thunder need uh, oh, to push yeah, forward? Gotcha. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. Center. yeah. Hey, give me Evan Mobley. Yeah, center or big is kind of the same. Yeah, oh, fair. hey, Arvin said 1 a.m. in Qatar. Wow, that's awesome. Shout out Very Arvin. cool. Good stuff. He has a couple Very of good questions in here we'll get through. Um, but first, Thunderbeard, is five the lowest that Houston can get? I actually don't know this, Jacob. That is correct, know? yes. Okay. The, the lowest pick Houston can get is five. They have a 48% chance of not getting in the lottery, and the lottery selects the teams that pick one through four. Uh, so if they don't get their lottery ball picked, it automatically drops to five, which is obviously what the Thunder want. Uh, there's a 48% chance of that happening. That's why we wanted Houston to have the worst record in the league and not like the third worst record. Right. If they have the third worst record, they would still have a 48% chance of not getting their ping pong ball selected in the lottery. But instead of it automatically dropping to five, it could have been five, six, or seven. And you don't want that. You want the lowest place they can get to to be five. With almost 50-50 odds. Absolutely. Exactly. I'm with you. So this is just kind of a short question. And then there's two more here that uh, are, are pretty good. We'll, we'll spend the rest of our time on. But uh, Arvin asked, will you guys have a live stream during the draft lottery? Ooh, Taylor, I don't think we've discussed this yet. I know we are definitely doing an immediately after the lottery show. Maybe we'll yep. go live on locker room or do a live stream for the lottery. My worry is like, what if Taylor's ESPN um, oh, is, like is faster a little than my stream? So Taylor's like, we got pick number three. And I'm sitting <laughs> over here like, I wonder who got pick number six. Right. So that, that would be a little Fair awkward. Point. We're going to figure it out there, but we definitely want to do something where we can have all of our listeners kind of engaging with us yep. as soon as the lottery is over. Uh, and Maybe we down. just go live as soon as the, the picks announced. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. So Try we're going to figure that like out the, for sure the though. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. I like that. So here's a, a fun one from silver. He asks, is Pressy going to be more aggressive this draft than in the past? Um, and I think he's getting at the the fact that we mentioned, you know, this obviously this draft being a very, very talented draft um, top heavy. Or not yeah, top so at, at the top. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's hard to answer this because we don't know what Presti has or hasn't done in the past as far as like what fell through. I think he is always very aggressive on draft night. Um, remember a couple of years ago, Taylor, uh, the year that they uh, eventually traded Russ and PG, a friend of the pod and guest of the pod, Jake Fisher, had tweeted out that the Thunder were shopping Steven Adams ahead of that mm -hmm. draft. And we were like, oh God, what are they doing? Right. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of that a lot of times. I think Presti is very aggressive on draft night. He understands that's his best best time uh, for team building purposes. Um, he's armed to the teeth. This is maybe the time to cash in, right? Depending on what happens with those Clippers picks, which uh, that game looks to be over now, Taylor. Um, Dallas oh is down yeah. 17 with eight minutes to go. Uh, I think that one's in the bag, unfortunately, but yeah, the, those Clippers picks are valuable. If that Houston pick, I've said this over and over again, if that Houston pick drops to five and the thunder get it, I think those future Houston picks become even more valuable because Houston's going to be 
uh, in an even longer rebuild. And it's going to take them longer for those picks to really work themselves like out, out of value. So yeah, I expect him to be very aggressive on draft night. I agree with you. I think that's good. And then um, Arvin asked, would you include Lou Dort at teams ahead of the Thunder in the lottery? Ask for him. Oh, Taylor, what do you think on this one? Um, obviously, like with everything, uh, it's never black and white. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're outside of the top five, you're at like six and 18, like I mentioned, and a team asks for pick six and Lou to get you like the number three, number two pick in the draft. I, I probably would heavily have to consider that. Oh, um, see, to me, that's a no brainer. Yeah, right. If right. you call and say six and Lou for two or three, you got to deal. Do, right. Because Lou's not, he's never going to be a potential, uh, what Jalen Green could be or what Mobley could be. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in that case, yes. But like if the Thunder are at five and somebody asks for Lou and um, pick five for like pick three or pick four, pick threes, and I, that's, that's the other interesting part. I think there's a big enough. I don't know if gap's the right term, but like you might still consider that pick three where I don't think you do consider that pick four. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think there's definitely scenarios. I, I don't get me. I mean, I got Lou Dort right here, right? <laughs> I mean, I've got, I'm, I, uh, I am one of the fathers of the Lou Tang clan. You know, uh, I do not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want Lou Dort to get traded off this team. I would go to war for Lou Dort. Yep. But when it comes to roster building, I mean, you are looking to upgrade. And as much as we love Lou Dort, um, at some point you have to upgrade. Uh, again, though, I, I said this, I think, on a on a locker room a few weeks ago. I'm going to reiterate it again here. You ready for this hot take? Ready. Lou Dort is a rich man's uh, Dylan Brooks. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. He's a rich man, Dylan Brooks. I like that a whole lot. All right, Taylor. Uh, hey, th- thank you to everybody in the chat. Thanks for, uh, for hopping on, for asking questions. We appreciate it. Keep it up. Uh, Taylor, you ready to go on a trip around the association? Let's do it. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. 
Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> All right, Taylor, we've mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I wanted to talk about some of the fallout from the playoffs. Specifically today, I'm going to talk some Portland Trailblazers. Blazers losing six to Denver, who was down arguably two of their best players uh, whenever Portland was fully healthy, resulting in the immediate mutual parting of the Trailblazers organization and their head coach, Terry Stotts. What other changes do you think headed towards the Portland Trailblazers? We had those interesting comments from both Nurkic and Dame uh, after game six. Dame with the cryptic uh, Nipsey Hustle Instagram post, how long should I stay dedicated? Uh, and then we had Nurkic saying, like, I'm, my contract's non-guaranteed. I don't even know if I'll be back. I'll let my my agent, Rich Paul, yeah, uh, nice nice name drop there, buddy. Uh, take care of that. This isn't the right situation currently, blah, blah, blah. Yep. What's the next shoe to fall, Taylor? That's what's interesting. Um, when I you go on, this is kind of funny to your point. When you go on to tradenba.com, the first three of the top five players being um, traded right now, they're trending Dame at one, CJ at two, uh, Nurkic at three. So yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, I think the first thing that happens is a coaching situation and the coaching hire before they do anything too drastic. Um, obviously there's all those rumors, a very interesting week in terms of Portland's coaching situation. It got announced like late. What was it? Gosh, Thursday night, something like that. Friday, Friday, Friday night that, that he got fired. Yeah. That he got fired and all the rumors come out. Uh, and then not, you know, you know, Woj has sources that, um, the Michigan head coach currently, um, you have, uh, I, I think his last name's Howard, um, Jeff Van Gundy was an interesting one. Chauncey Billups. And then, um, oh, wow. Why am I going blank on the Rockets old head coach? Um, D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni as names that would be considered. Um, but then there's a lot of talk about Jason Kidd. Even before that, I think Mark Stein came out and said that um, should Stotts be fired, Kidd would be a a candidate for Yeah, and, and as position. you mentioned earlier in the show, Kidd has already come out publicly and said, Right. I'm not a candidate. I'm not the doing most it. Interesting part about that is the fact that, you know, obviously Chris Haynes, um, I don't want to say his career really got a big kickstart by this, but um, during his time covering Portland, when his career really grew, um, he got really close with Dame Lillard. So Dame reaches out to him directly and says, I want Jason Kidd as a head coach. I'm also kind of cool with Chauncey Billups. That'd be interesting, whatever. And then, and then Kidd comes out and says, I'm not doing that. 
So a lot of interesting things there. I think the the first thing that has to happen is it's getting that head coach, the right head coach there. Chauncey Billups is an interesting candidate. Um, a lot of interesting candidates for that position. Hey, you know what else is interesting is the past few times there's been an opening, most recently in Minnesota, Dame has been very outspoken. Why isn't anybody hi- hiring David Vanterpool? Why isn't anybody Ooh, hiring David Vanterpool? That's a good point. Now his team has an opening and the assistant coach on his team is David Vanterpool. And who is he not lobbying for? Right. So he wants David Vanterpool on other teams, but not his own but team. Not his own. Yeah, right. That's interesting. That's interesting. But uh, one no, thing, no, I'm not insinuating anything there. Maybe he thinks right. David Vanterpool would be better on a rebuilding team. Maybe right. he he wants David Vanterpool to get a head coaching job, so he'll be out of Portland. I don't know. It's just it's, it's just interesting. That's something to monitor. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Uh, but also, there was talks like not only will Dame have a huge or talk. There's reports that not only will Dame have a huge voice in terms of hiring the next head coach, but also reconstructing the team around him. So if Dame gives the thumbs up that like, look, I love CJ. I wanted to win with CJ McCollum, but it's not going to happen. They could ship off of CJ and try and do something drastic and bring somebody big time in. Um, Stephen A said, Oh, I'm getting texts about Carl Anthony Towns. Not going to happen, yeah, but get out of here with that bullshit. Yeah, right, man. Exactly. Exactly. But the next unhappy star or when, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, somebody like that. I don't know. Um, regardless, I think there will be some, major shakeups in terms of no chance. The shakeup is Dame leaving Portland, right? No, no, I don't think After so. everything that Dame has said, like, right. You know, making fun of Paul George and, and all of that, there's no way he asked for a trade out. That would be the most hypocritical thing he could do. And I don't see him being that kind of guy. I agree completely. But at a certain point, and this is probably much further down the road, do the trailblazers become forced to have to consider that? Yeah. As then a it game choice, it's a front office choice. Yeah. Right. I think I think the CJ I think CJ will be heavily shopped this summer. Um, you can slide Norm Powell into that position. Agreed. Uh, ne- next Good to point. Dame. Um, the thing is, I don't know what you get for CJ. Mm-hmm. He's not an All Star. You're not getting an All Star back for him. Um, Oof, it's a rough yeah, one. That's tough. That it is. is really it is. Tough. It is a rough one. And so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how uh, all of that plays out. Is are are there any CJ or Nurk trades that immediately jump out to you that Ooh. that are interesting that are fun. Oh man, uh, I haven't constructed any, but uh, we can go through the good old NBA trade machine that people have already have done. Uh, there you see go. If there's any anything too realistic? What Here's tell me one... what what teams does CJ does CJ make sense on? Ooh, I mean he's kind of the, the kind of guy that really any contender. <laughs> yeah, but like honestly like the Lakers make a lot of sense although they there's no way really make it happen exactly Dallas is an interesting one to me Dallas is a that's a good one I like that a lot Dallas um what about New Orleans Sixers New Orleans I kind of thought about New Orleans the Sixers is a really good one I think yeah um Miami Uh, yeah maybe a little redundant in terms of positions with Jimmy and CJ but I think they could play well together they resign Vic true True. Yeah, I, they would have to do that if they didn't. It'd be like a, maybe a sign trade with Vic, sending him out. To, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one that had, I'm, I haven't even really looked at this. Celtics. Oh, it failed. So never mind. <laughs> Celtics are uh, when CJ is kind of what the Celtics need. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. That he would be fun alongside Brown and Tatum. Um, that's another interesting name. So yeah, a lot of. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of interested teams, like you said. It's just a matter of. What return can they get? 
Definitely. Them being the Blazers. Exactly. Uh, all right, Taylor, let's move on to second round predictions. Uh, just you and I making predictions here, uh, but let's see what we can come up with. First one, uh, out East, Nets versus Bucks. Uh, game one already in the books, going to the Nets, although Harden has been ruled out for game two. How do you see the rest of this series going? Who wins it and how many games? I think the Nets ultimately end up winning it just because Kevin Durant and Kyrie are so good. Um, assuming everybody stays healthy from this point forward outside of Harden. Um, I would say Nets and six. I think that's probably fair. I don't want to buy put too much stock in a game one. The the Bucks did not shoot well. Um, I think they got to be better defensively. I think they can. Um our friends at the Eurostep podcast, uh, Ty Windish and Rohan Kadi, I don't know how they don't pull their hair out watching mm-hmm. uh, Coach Bud play Giannis for like 30 minutes in a playoff game. Like it's yep. the it's the damn playoffs. Play Giannis 45 minutes. What are you doing? Exactly. Like exactly. It, God, I would I would be breaking stuff in my home if this <laughs> was the Thunder and they were playing Cade Cunningham and Shea Gilders Alexander 30 minutes in a playoff game. No kidding. I would be punching stuff. Um Ultimately, I think I have to agree with you. I think I'm going to go Nets seven. Okay. But I I think I have to go Nets. Uh, Next one out East, Taylor, already a game in the books as well. 76ers versus Hawks. Uh, Hawks out to a surprising massive lead in this game. And then (laughs) just kind of came down to the wire. Sixers come back and then the Hawks just completely blew up. I mean, that was wild. Then you think they finally get back together. That ridiculous, like, Dagger of an alley oop from basically half court, right inside half court. Trey lobs one up to John Collins, who just smashes one over James Embiid or Joel Embiid, and um, yeah, and then all hell breaks loose, and the, they couldn't break the press. And you know, anyways, all that to say, I still think the 76ers win this game mainly because Joel Embiid looked really good, even battling a little bit of an injury, not even a little bit, um, a pretty serious injury. He looked great today. So I'm going to say 76ers get it together. Um, as fun as the Hawks have been, just more experience there. I think the 76ers win it in seven. Let's say okay. seven. See, I'll, I'll flip flop you on this one. I'll, I'll go 76ers in six. Six. Gotcha. Yeah. 76ers in six. Fair. Um, let's jump out west to the series that's already set in stone. We have the Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets. This is like, honestly, everybody's talking about Bucks and Nets. And don't get me wrong. I'm excited about that series also. And like, I get it. But I'm like, honestly, equally excited. The basketball nerd in me is equally excited for this series. Suns versus Nuggets is going to be a brawl. Um, it's going to go to seven games. Uh, obviously, it's so? going to play. A, I think so. I think so, um, just because I think uh, Jokic is that good, even with injuries to all basically all of the Nuggets guards. <laughs> and if MPJ can can continue to play well, I think that they can do it. Um, but I think I'm going to go Suns and Seven. I think they just have more talent right now and a better all-around team. Yeah. Um, mildly hot take here. I think Denver is going to struggle with Phoenix's backcourt more than they struggled with Portland's backcourt because I think Phoenix's backcourt rotation is just better. Yeah. Is that fair. is that hot? And deeper. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think the but rotation is better. Not too. Yeah. I'm you know, I think that's fair. Um Chris, Book, Cam. I think those guys are gonna really show out. 
Uh, it's going to be a challenge for those Denver guards. Hopefully Denver gets Will Barton back. I think yep. Aiton defensively will match up better with Jokic than Nurk did. Yep, I agree with that um, for sure. You know, Mikhail Bridges guarding Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun series. Um, it's hard to bet against Denver. I think Denver's really, really good. Uh, I'm going to go Suns and six. Okay. Yep. Suns and six. Uh, Taylor, our last one looking like it's going to be the Utah Jazz versus the Los Angeles Clippers as the Clippers are up 14 with three minutes to go. What are your thoughts on this one? Mm. <laughs> this is another incredibly tough one. The Jazz have the depth and the pieces around like Dame and um, Gobert. But obviously, like we've seen with this past series, you mean Mitchell and Gobert? Or Mitchell, yeah. Sorry. Not Dame and Gobert. Dame and Gobert, goodness. Hey, there you go. There's a Dame trade for you. Uh, <laughs> with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, but then on the other end, we, we like we saw with this past series, even with their basket backs against the wall, you can't bet against playoff Kawhi Leonard. So this is another game I think that probably goes to seven just based off the talent and skill alone that's going to be displayed in that game. Um, hmm. My mind's telling me Jazz and seven, but my heart's telling me Clippers and seven. So let's go Clips and seven. I think that's going to oh, be kind of unpopular. Okay. Um, here's my here's my wild one. You ready? Yep. I've got Utah on five. I was going to Jazz on five <laughs> when you said that. I was going to say Jazz Utah on five. Utah on five. Uh, here's the thing. The hey, Clippers versus the Mavs. Uh, two big things jump out to me. Number one, the Mavs had Luka and no help. Um. Utah all season has been very democratic and spreading the ball out, spreading the wealth out. Yep. Um, I think that's going to pay dividends. Um, you know, I'm assuming they're going to put Kawhi or PG on Donovan Mitchell. Um, that means you have a chance to, to let somebody else cook. The second thing is the Mavs had no rim protection and the Clippers lived driving to the basket after those first two games. Um, as much as I dislike Rudy Gobert, best rim protector in the game. Yep. Um, those those Clippers drives and and layups at the basket um, are not going to be there. Rudy is going to shut off the paints as much as he can um, and make life much more difficult. Like take today for instance, the the Mavs Clippers game seven. The oh the Mavs got it down to seven with two minutes to go. Oh wow. Um, the the Mavs let the Clippers shoot 65% in the first half. That's yep. not happening against the Jazz. The Jazz are too good defensively. Um, I think Utah just matches up way better with them, uh, especially defensively. So I'm taking Utah in five. I like that. Interesting. So, all right, Taylor. Uh, any more thoughts before we get out of here for today? I, I know a little bit of a shorter episode, just a two-man show here. Um and it's, it's hard because there's not a lot of Thunder content <laughs> currently to go around. But uh, any other thoughts or feelings before we log off? Luke is incredible. Kind of sucks we don't get to continue to watch him at this point, at least it seems. Totally agree. Luca is incredible. You know who else is incredible? Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's just not getting the opportunity in the playoffs right miss now. him. Uh, all right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us for an early stream today. We'll be back with you again tomorrow, Monday, on the Locker Room app. Uh, Nick Crane should be hosting that one live. Wednesday, we will be doing on Locker Room and dropping it as a podcast our player grades for the shooting guards. Friday, another Locker Room hangout. And then next Sunday, 
another live stream pod, 9 p.m. Central Time. So make sure you come and hang out and join us. Have a great beginning of your week. Enjoy the playoffs, and we will talk to you soon. And as always, thunder up. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.